0: You're really awesome, and I would totally be interested, except for I don't know about this um, blindness thing, and so which, you know, could lead me like in two camps, one, either internalizing it and wishing that I was different than what I actually am, which I have, um, I have entertained those thoughts, and then two, being like, you know what, that is not the person for me, and I'm just gonna move past that.
1: Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. My name is Dave Glazer, online personal trainer and obsessed with the Enneagram personality assessment. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I came across some really inauthentic people when dating in Denver. And instead of getting frustrated, I decided to create a community of authentic people myself. Come along with me on this path to authenticity as we welcome expert guests and real life daters to share their tools, tips, and knowledge to help you show up as your most authentic self. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm uh, blessed to have my special guest, Amber Kiera, a motivational speaker and coach. How are you today?
0: I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: You bet. I'm, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Um, you're normally from San Francisco, but you're living in Louisiana right now. Is that correct
0: yes I normally live and work in San Francisco but uh, when we went to shelter in place in March I came home to hang out with my mom in South Louisiana so the food's been good the internet's fast and um <laughs> and uh everything's everything's pretty cozy here so
1: mm-hmm. glad to hear that you guys are safe and happy and healthy and uh still getting along between you and your mom
0: yeah, <laughs> we have to fight over like the best place to take Zoom meetings, but other than that, everything's going well.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, tell us your story really quick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a twin, and when uh, my twin brother and I were growing up, my parents noticed that I was responding a little bit differently or not responding as well to visual cues. like um, Like my twin brother, they had two kids to compare each other to. And so after a lot of doctor's appointments and poking and prodding, I got diagnosed when I was a little kid with a degenerative eye condition. And so I started losing my eyesight um, very quickly throughout childhood and things have stabled out since then. But I lost 90% of my visual field growing up. So I have probably about like five to seven degrees of my visual field left over. And just through that experience, I had to deal with a lot of challenges and circumstances, as you can imagine. But I think through it all, I've developed this supernatural gift of positivity and strength and um, just a knack for overcoming obstacles, which I just love to share with
1: people. Sure. And that's what's led you to motivational speaking and coaching, uh, using your inspirational uh, resiliency story to impact other people's lives.
0: Yes, absolutely. People love they call me like a shot of espresso is (laughs) how people relate to me. But I just love speaking to people either on big stages with hundreds of people or even just one on one um, on a coaching session with someone but just using my wisdom and my gifts to teach others how to live a life that they love and do it with boldness and courage
1: hmm That's definitely what uh, gravitated the two of us together. Uh, I believe a referral from Facebook introduced us, and um, I was just ecstatic to catch up with you on the phone last week.
0: Yes, absolutely. A good thing about this uh, shelter-in-place order right now is that my schedule's pretty loose, so <laughs> it was no problem at all, and I've been really looking forward uh, to our conversation today, so I'm just really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, me too. Let's jump right in. And I want to ask you about the visual cues. Um, If you only have about five to 7% of your uh, visual faculty left, how does that come into play when dating?
0: So that that has definitely been challenging. I often wonder, like when I'm hanging out like at a social gathering or event, like I often wonder, am I am I missing a lot? How much am I missing, if anything at all? Um, I know a lot of, you know, some of the first signs that people are interested are visual, like someone might look at you across the room um, or, you know, give you some kind of gesture, but I totally don't get any of those. And um, so sometimes I wonder about that, but when it comes to, you know, a new dating relationship, or even a relationship um, that, you know, I've been in for a while, I think that's something that has to kind of be learned. Um, I've experienced like first dates where people would do things that were visual that I would totally miss, <laughs> and um, which, which led to, to interesting things. So not even there. And I'm like, am I missing anything at all? If so, what? Um, but I think over the course of time in friendships and relationships, people sort of learn to like, tell me what's going on. Um, a lot of my friends will say, I know you can't see the look on my face right now, but this is how I'm feeling or, um, things, things of that nature. So it gets very interesting.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. What I love most about your story and our conversation last week is that you still have a lot of gratitude for the magic in dating. And the way that you explained it to me was when you see their eyes for the first time in the right kind of light.
0: Yes, that's definitely one of my favorite experiences of a person besides getting to hear their voice for the first time, especially because online dating and most now virtual experiences, uh, the first time you meet someone is normally over text or a chatting message. So... First, I definitely love hearing someone's voice for the first time, as most people do, but I think I have a fonder appreciation of it. Um, and I know it's not like, scientifically proven that my ears work better, but I really feel like, I don't know, there's just something magical about hearing the tone and inflection and pitch of people's voices that um, is very like special to me. But something that I hold even um, more closely to my heart is when I get to see someone's eyes for the first time, it has to be in the right lighting. So normally, like, Um, like natural light is best for me to be able to see that and it also has to be like the right kind of like distance normally I have to be like looking directly at the person because I only have a small amount of visual field Um, but that experience is so great and sometimes I don't say anything at all I just think to myself oh my gosh this person has like the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen Um, but sometimes I just don't hold back and I'm like this is my first time seeing your eyes like in the right lighting. And I just think they're so beautiful. And it I don't think it has anything to do with their eyes, like specifically. I think it's just the fact that I'm experiencing their eyes for the first time along with the rest of the person. So it's a magical experience that I treasure.
1: It sounds like it. Absolutely. And I want to ask, do you feel as if you can look past the superficial and get to the authentic much, much faster or better than, say, if you had a had eyesight?
0: I think I do, especially, um, you know, even with the voice thing, whether it's virtual or in person, just being more attentive to those pauses or those inflections. um, It, it just allows me to experience them in a different way. And also, you know, physical touch is like, obviously very huge for me, because I I explore my entire world by touch, like everything I do is is basically um, with the sense of touch, so that is is very special to me, and i I notice that i 'm very like um, Not like slow or cautious, but it's almost like the difference between like just sitting down and like binge eating a bag of chocolate chips versus someone like savoring um, a very like high end piece of dark chocolate, like taking like 30 minutes to eat a tiny little square. That's kind of how I am with physical touch. I really like savor each moment and each part of it, which um, it just like maximizes the experience for, for both parties because it's just so like treasured and savored and special so I think I do have that ability to look past a lot of the surface level things that I hear other people talk about which seems so silly like their shoes or teeth or <laughs> I'm like what this person has an amazing voice and like they seem so genuine and authentic so I think that has allowed me to quote unquote see past that <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you're staying totally present within the moment when you're appreciating physical touch and tuning into somebody's voice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think having tunnel vision has helped with that because, um, you know, I can, I can't really see a person's entire face at one time. So when I'm looking at them, literally all I can see is them. So I'm not being like, distracted by other things going on around me. And I think that helps me to be present. I do I notice um, just in conversation when people's eyes start to drift to other things, like if we're in a restaurant and they're looking at the waiter coming up, they might pause or start, start to speak a little more slowly, um, or if they're looking at something that seems interesting to them as we're like walking along a sidewalk. So I, I think I notice that a lot more, even though I can't see them looking at different things, I can tell. And um, it, it definitely has helped me to be more present in conversation and experiences.
1: Hmm. I appreciate you saying that that that's a good reminder for um, people who take for granted that they have the visual cues that they can pick up on
0: yeah absolutely and I think what's come up for me especially I've been single for probably about two and a half years or so um, I think what's come up for me is just the importance of communication and clarity so like if someone's interested in me like I just would love to hear that hey I'm Really interested in getting to know you better. So, just having like super clear communication um, is a total game changer, and it's very freeing for both people.
1: Mm-hmm. I I'm all on board with that. Absolutely. <laughs> now let's let's shift to online dating specifically. What is it about that experience that uh, leaves you wanting more?
0: <laughs> more or less. <laughs> Um, online dating has been very interesting for me. I, my kind of more recent habits is to like download a, a online dating app and then keep it for like, I don't know, five days and then delete it. <laughs> but
1: <You're> not alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I like remind myself how awful I feel like it is. <laughs> um, and, uh, a couple things like that have happened were like, you know, different scenarios where I don't think people's intentions were, I'm, I'm such a positive person that I don't think people's intentions are for, um, but I've had, you know, conversations where people would, you know, start off by asking me something about my disability and then I'd give them the answer and then they like wouldn't respond or, um, you know, even once someone's telling me, yeah, I think you're really awesome and I would totally be interested except for I don't know about this um, blindness thing. And so which, you know, could lead me like in two camps, one, either internalizing it and wishing that I was different than what I actually am, which I have, um, I have entertained those thoughts. And then two, being like, you know what, that is not the person for me. And I'm just gonna move past that. So online dating has been an interesting experience, especially when I'm deciding whether or not to let my disability show. Um, So I have a seeing eye dog and then I use a long white cane. So it's like, do do I put a picture up with me holding my cane so people know I'm blind? Do I say anything about my seeing eye dog in the captions of the photos? Because what if that's a turn off for people, but I shouldn't hide it. Or if we start chatting, and we plan to meet up somewhere like at what point do I disclose that I have a disability and is that going to make people not want to get to know me better. So it it's just like a lot of thoughts that have to do with my identity that can be very overwhelming.
1: I can I can totally understand that that would be the case uh, for me from my perspective. Um, I may not be like everybody <laughs> listening, but if I were to see a picture. Uh, with a seeing eye dog and a little bit of a caption and a story behind that, uh, my my heart would grow two sizes, and and that's just me as the enneagram eight is when I'm healthy and integrated, I become very compassionate for uh, the underdog or the little guy, wow. and when I see that vulnerably and authentically, say like an online dating app, somebody's very vulnerable and authentic and transparent about something that they're passionate about. I'm actually more attracted in that moment.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think those end up being, like that ends up being the type of person that I meet typically. And that's like, my hope is that people would just see that in authenticity and they'd see that and they'd just be like, okay, cool, great. Almost like if I saw a picture with someone on a bike, I'd be like, oh my gosh, great, they're a cyclist. Let's move on. What else about you? Um, so that's like my hope. But then there's those like experiences that are far few and in between that prove that that is not the case for everyone who sees my profile, which has led me to be discouraged about online dating and putting myself out there in that way for sure.
1: You've described it a little bit earlier of like, that's not your person. And it's it's an amazing way to weed out those who are not meant for you. And I can appreciate the upfrontness and the transparency that you would want to almost like feel the desire to so that you're attracting the people that are meant for you that aren't wishy-washy, that aren't uh, unconfident about their ability to step up to the plate to be with you.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a a good perspective for me to keep in mind, especially since most of this year is going to be virtual. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, okay, this would be maybe a good time for me to try online dating again, but then of course I come up with like these excuses. I'm a 3 on the Enneagram uh-huh. by the way. I'm an achiever. So it's like I'm either going to do something like full out so I can check it off or I'm not going to like do it at all. And so um I've been thinking about that a lot. It's like, do I get back on online dating for this year because I really would love to start dating. Um, even though most of it might be virtual for the next little bit here. So I think that's a good perspective to keep in mind. It's just like, yeah, this would attract the right people and kind of be a safeguard against people that might not be the right fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a little bit more about the achievers. since so uh, we brought up the Enneagram. I see it relating a lot to your chosen path as a motivational speaker and as a coach showing up as your most authentic self when you're speaking and having the perfect client gravitate to you because of your message. I wanted to plant the seed in your mind about having the same approach to your dating life of like, you wouldn't hide your disability on stage because that's you. That is what is gravitating clients to you professionally and in your motivational speaking mission and purpose.
0: That is something I have never thought about. <laughs> so this is like super pro tip status. Yeah, I would never hide the fact that I, it's like a whole, it's basically my whole brand is that um, I'm 90% blind, but hundred percent bold. So it's like super upfront <laughs> to people and people love it. They're like, oh, you know, the people that come to me and they want to be coached by me and they want to hear my talks. They're like, oh my gosh. I love this. This is amazing. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. And so I think having that same um, approach to dating is probably super key. So I will take that into my number three achiever little mind.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. And let's go a little bit deeper if you don't mind. Yeah. So your story, your message, your person, your entire being is why people hire you to be a motivational speaker. Right? Right. That's why people are interested in learning more about you mm-hmm. when it comes to your professional life. And if we were to lead with that in our personal life, wholeheartedly, authentically, as our best version of ourselves, then the people who are meant for you would be more interested in learning more about you based on who you are as a whole. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, definitely. That makes a lot of sense and it's very encouraging to hear.
1: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And the, the key piece that I want to get to is the interest level. I'm all about saving time. I'm all about saving money. I'm all about efficiency. And I hope you can relate to that as the achiever. Mm-hmm. Being efficient is great for you, right? Yes. <laughs> so if we're being our most authentic self and we're putting out there all of uh, who we are, then it's going to very quickly show us who's more interested in getting to know the real us than who's not, who's basically just dipping their toe in. I'm a little interested in Amber, but I just don't know. So if we're leading with our authentic self, it finds it it attracts those people who are interested in us most, mm. saving us time. Does that resonate?
0: That super resonates with me. <laughs> leading with our most authentic authentic selves I love that because I even like recently was in a conversation with um my roommate who I think I think she's in seven or an eight I can't recall we have we're San Francisco so we have like 600 roommates but anyway (laughs) um (laughs) so she was like yeah you should put this kind of picture on there and you should make sure you're doing this and make sure you're doing that and it just sounded overwhelming to me and like very like it didn't resonate with me because it didn't feel like real. And I was like, I don't, and I just got so overwhelmed that I just shut the whole, the whole online dating roommate party down. I was like, I'm not talking about this. I'm going to my room, I'm deleting the apps. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think like leading with my most authentic self and also seeing, as, seeing it as a time saver and like an efficient way of dating is like showing up as my most authentic self super resonates with me. Especially
1: as a three. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And from the perspective of the eight, it's not so much about efficiency or saving time. It really is about protecting me from being vulnerable with the wrong person. And so if I'm leading with my authentic self, as I hope that I'm doing, that's the question that we ask ourselves all the time. Are we, are we actually showing up as our most authentic self when we're dating? But if I'm authentic and transparent in the beginning then it keeps people from who are just mildly interested from showing more interest and then eventually walking away and hurting my feelings or uh, getting my heart broken or anything like that so that's the two different perspectives between our personality types
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is very interesting. And I, we, in our house, we talk about the Enneagram all the time because one of our roommates is like a psychology major. (laughs) And so she's like, this is why you didn't wash the dishes because you're this number or whatever the case may be. And so like (laughs) I've evolved from the Enneagram, but also a lot of blessings I think, but I don't think I've ever considered how it would show up in um in terms of dating. So that's like very valuable.
1: I'm really glad to hear that. And it's one of the key foundational principles that we hold uh, to the highest degree here at the podcast is when we combine our Enneagram type with our attachment styles and our love languages and our Myers-Briggs, then we can really become the most self-aware version of ourselves so that when we are meeting new people, and say, like, we have a common language like the Enneagram, it doesn't help us point the finger at the other person of saying, like, oh, you did that because you're a two. That's not the approach that we want to take in a relationship uh, through the Enneagram lens. We want to say, oh, I can be compassionate for my partner because I know so much about myself through the Enneagram, and it allows me to know so much more about my partner through the same tool.
0: That is really, really beautiful, and. Yeah, this is, I think the whole world should know about this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's definitely our goal. I mean, we do have, we do have an international audience and I really appreciate those people from across the world who, who do connect and do reach out. Um, But your message and your mission is aligned with ours because um, we love a beautiful story, a success story. We love the, we love the not so successful stories too. And like our conversation today really opens up the opportunity to, to go deeper. And in doing so, I have a follow-up question from something you said earlier. Of like the guys who are hesitant to go further with you in dating, you said something in our pre-interview that was like, they don't know how much responsibility they can handle with your disability.
0: Yeah, I think that sometimes there's like a lot of fear around it. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do here and I don't know how to communicate well to figure out what I can do. And so I'm just, I'm going to do nothing, (laughs) which I feel like has, has happened before. And even like with dating relationships and others too, it's like, I, I'm interested, but I, yeah, I don't want to have to do anything extra and I don't want to have to figure out how to communicate to, to know what I need to do here. So, um, So I'm not going to do anything, which is how I've noticed that some people show up in life anyway, which doesn't resonate with me at all as an achiever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you don't want somebody who doesn't have their foot on the gas pedal at all times. Right. (laughs) And the reason why I bring that up is because like I I asked the question, it was more of like a theoretical question of like, how much responsibility do they think that they're needing to take on by dating you?
0: Right, and it's really like none. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, you seem to be handling business pretty well.
0: I'm handling, I'm handling business quite well here as a grown professional woman in San Francisco, living my best life. <laughs> so, um, really, I just, I want to get to know people, and um, I, the heart that I have is never, I, I have a two wing, and so I never, I don't have the heart of like. I need people to do this for me or that for me. It's like, how can I serve you in this experience? How can I serve you in this relationship? I'm always like listening to people as they talk. Um, Even when I first meet them, when they say things that they need or say things that they love or like, I take mental notes of that because my nature is like, I want to help. I want to buy you gifts that you love. I want to tell you words that you love to hear. Um, If quality times your thing, like I want to like, check that off on my Achiever box and be like, yeah, I'm doing that because this is how I can love you best. So when I'm in the context of a dating relationship, it's never like, I need this person to do this or that. It's like, I want to like show up and serve you super hardcore and like really well. So that's like my perspective on things and no one has, you don't have to do anything to date me because I'm out here shining all by myself, been doing it for years.
1: <laughs> hmm I'm so glad you said that because I've been pondering that exact same thing um, from from my perspective in the Enneagram as the eight, but also understanding that I've been divorced for 15 years and I've had a couple long-term relationships in the meantime and a few short-term relationships too. And I've come across this almost unintentional bad habit of mine where I'm so independent And I've been getting my own needs met through me for so long that it's really hard for me to to share my needs when they come up because my default coping mechanism was always, okay, well, I'll go meet it myself through jujitsu or weightlifting or my own hobbies and my own passions. Mm. Does that resonate?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I just, yeah, I think that's why I'm like always like, Feeling like I need to be listening to what this person is saying. Like I want to take notes because I just, I just have this desire that I want to be able to like serve this person in some way. <laughs> and so um, even with even with people where they're like they say they have a need of something, and I'm like, oh great, this person needs this. I'm gonna go do it for them, and they're gonna be so happy, and they're gonna love me. And then like a couple hours later, they're like, oh, I went and did it myself. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) And I'm like, I can't check this off of my like helper achiever box because you're out there doing everything on your own.
1: (laughs) I can, I can imagine how that kind of a conflict and um, taking things personally would show up being a three wing two, because you want to love the best so that you can be loved in return. And you also want to help others so that you can be loved in return. And that's the two wing there. One of those key sentences in that deep dive into who you are is the communication piece. You want to be able to listen and hear what they need so that you can do it for them. And a lot of our expert guests say that communication is the most important thing in a relationship. And that's true but the biggest fallacy with communication is that the assumption is it's taken place. So communication without comprehension is null and void. Like it doesn't get us any further than where we were at. And in this point that you just made of like, I wanna check that box and I wanna help you by doing that. Well, your comprehension of their communication was, oh, they want me to help them do it with them or for them. Whereas maybe their communication was simply just like, this is a need of mine in my life. And what we didn't hear or didn't comprehend is like, this I can take care of myself, but my quality time and physical touch love language, I cannot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is such a good point. Cause it's like, there there, there tends to be a level of frustration or breakdown that happens when like, yeah, if I'm trying to meet a need that I feel like, I want to meet it like this is what I want to do. And I'm not able to because it's something they've met themselves. Um, There's like a frustration that happens like inwardly that then can be like outwardly expressed. And it's like, totally misaligned and no one's like, done anything wrong. But then next thing you know, we have a situation at hand that could have been avoided. Like you said, with comprehension.
1: (laughs) Mm hmm. And I I love this conversation and I've been digging into it over the last month through a blog post and through a a bonus episode on the podcast. But like getting curious with our partner during that time of like, oh, you're sharing something with me. I don't know if it's your need or not. I don't know if you're asking me for help or not. But getting curious with your partner and asking that one follow-up question of like, okay, do you need my help with this or are you simply just wanting me to listen?
0: Yeah, totally. And I've I've been on both sides of that, I feel, especially as I, like, let's say I, like, come home and this terrible thing happened to me on the way home um, that I felt like was super awful. And, you know, someone's like, I want to do something about this. I'm going to go get that homeless person that yelled at you and made you mad. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, no, I just I need you to just listen to this story right now and then we're going to make dinner. Like, (laughs) you know, I don't need us to like enter into this whole big deal. Um, But then there's times where I'm like, I really do need this person's help and comfort and like encouragement right now. And, and then I've been on the other side too, where I'm like, I want to help obviously with the, with the two wing. And that's not what that person needs at the time. So I've, I've been on both sides of that for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. the helper personality type really does have the uncanny ability to perceive another person's needs and the intense desire to fulfill that need for them
0: yes and it's very intense especially because I do want to check it off
1: (laughs) those check boxes they they just uh they just run our world as an achiever personality type definitely (laughs) So speaking of, um, I would almost always align words of affirmation as a love language with an achiever personality type.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge for me. And I've been thinking about the the love languages quite a bit since our um, phone call last week. And I'm like, I didn't realize how much words of affirmation like played into like how I show up in relationships and also like what what's like really valuable to me until we had that conversation because I'm like you know even someone just texted me a few minutes ago and i are like oh my gosh I think you're doing such an amazing job I'm really proud of you and I was like what <laughs> but then on the other side I'm like thinking about people and I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna text this person right now and tell them how I'm feeling about them and what I think and what I've observed and yeah it just it really does like go hand in hand. And I hadn't considered that before.
1: Mm-hmm. And let me ask you a follow-up question about that love language and words of affirmation coming from an achiever personality type. Sound good? Yeah. So it's not necessarily every single words of affirmation that would land with you most. Uh, things like, you looked really pretty today. Oh yeah, that, that would definitely make me feel good. But you actually phrased it in as like, you did a good job. I'm really proud of you. And those are the words of affirmation that like really hit home.
0: Yes. If it has something to do with something I did or achieved, like I'm like pumped up, but like, oh my gosh, like I like your hair, or your makeup or like something like that. It's like, it's okay. But when it, when it has something to do with something I did or achieved, I feel mm-hmm. like so seen
1: and let's go one level deeper if that's all right with you
0: yeah totally
1: so a helper would actually love this word of affirmation they also love words of affirmation actually we all do as personality types but Mm. we're specifically diving into which types of affirmations so if uh, an achiever has a wing two three wing two the words of affirmation that would go so far is you helped me so much when you did this for me
0: that is like super spot on actually
1: (laughs) does that not just validate you as like to the ultimate core
0: i like screaming up and down i did it i did it (laughs) and i
1: helped you by doing it yeah yeah uh-huh. That's
0: like the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, that's like the complete encapsulation of how words of affirmation fall into a three wing two, And I appreciate your help kind of like ironing that out. It's something I've been thinking about a lot.
0: Yeah, I had not taken any of these things into consideration before. I'm like, can't wait to go tell all my roommates these new discoveries. <laughs> or I'll just send them the link to this episode. <laughs>
1: Please do. But I think that that's why the Enneagram resonates with me so much is because um, this might resonate with you too. It's like, it's not an algorithm. We can't necessarily scientifically break down a step-by-step process to love. However, we can take a more advantageous path and route Mm -hmm. to Mm self-awareness. And by becoming more self-aware, like we're talking about today, you may not have ever thought of this perspective as a three wing two or as like my love languages or this, but when we add that additional level of self awareness, we're able to be more compassionate with a partner when that eventually happens for us.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it, it is a new perspective for me and probably for a lot of people that. Um, you know, when we think about self-awareness, we're like, oh, you're just trying to figure out more about yourself so that you can go and serve you better. But really, this self-awareness allows us to serve others better and to love others better in a way that's helpful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Uh,
0: (laughs) But yeah, that totally resonates with me for sure. (laughs)
1: sure. And a lot of people are kind of Kind of slamming these personality tests. I I see it occasionally, not as much as people are edifying them. Mm. And the reason is that they don't want to be put into a box. They don't want to be like completely described by this one column of I'm an ENTJ Mm. or I'm an eight on the Enneagram. And what I've learned through self awareness and through studying from Enneagram experts, because I have my coaches, and the Enneagram is actually teaching us what mask of our personality needs to be removed in order for us to be our most authentic self.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love that perspective.
1: Thank you very much. Um, I'm being better at taking compliments. That's my vulnerable (laughs) side, right? Thank you so very much. Um, When we are self-aware of our three wing two-ness, we're able to identify when that shows up in our relationships and remove the mask so that we can communicate with comprehension better with our partner. And let me give you an example. Because you're aware of how much you want to check that box and help out your partner, then you could take the opportunity. The next time that that like fire comes up in you, that desire to actually serve others, to get recognition, to get love in return, Mm -hmm. you can stop yourself in that moment Take a few deep breaths and say, I'm, let me see if I'm hearing you correctly. Do you want my help mm-hmm. with this or do you just want me to listen?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that allows us to remove our mask in a vulnerable way yeah. so that we're not put in a box of our achiever personality type where we're just going to be like, oh, well, I'm an achiever. I'm going to go do the work. Mm-hmm. But this brings us back to the partnership that we want at our core. Yeah. Is like how do I be a better partner because I'm self aware mm-hmm. and be vulnerable at the same time?
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. Taking taking off that mask and um, asking those questions so that I can comprehend. That's like a total game changer for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So let's kind of like put it all together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You asked me, or we brought up the conversation of love languages and do they change the way that we approach maybe um, how we get our needs met? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if I receive love in quality time and physical touch, but I give love in acts of service and words of affirmation, Mm -hmm. well, how do we put all of this conversation together Mm -hmm. in your opinion?
0: Hmm, yeah, that is another layer <laughs> that I haven't thought about. I don't know. I think um, some more thought and also experience would be a good teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that as an experience. Like,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We are ultimately at the core foundational level exploring who we are through mm-hmm. the relationship with others.
0: Yeah,
1: And if we're experiencing um, a relationship with somebody new, if we're intentionally staying present in the moment, like you were talking about earlier, and you put it in such a beautiful way, that I'm going to take to heart from here on out. (laughs) Then we're able to slow down and essentially Mm -hmm. put together the pieces of our our own ideal life Mm -hmm. and then just add in a wonderful partner as the icing on the cake.
0: Yeah, I love that that you said about exploring who we are um, in relationship with others. Because a lot of times people go, all right, I'm gonna go be single. I have to go explore and find me. And once I get done with that, then I can enter into this relationship. But really like continuing that exploration, right? Like alongside someone is very beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. It can be, absolutely. And in our conversation today, I'm just kind of like trying to put things together. But if we're hiding our authentic self on an online dating app, Mm -hmm. we're not any longer exploring ourselves through the relationship of others. We're exploring others through the relationship that just kind of happens to come together. Mm -hmm. And that takes it out of who we are and who we want to be with. And it no longer attracts those people who are showing authentic interest in us. Like we were talking about earlier, would we want to put up a picture of our seeing eye dog and our cane on an online dating app? Yeah. Well, if we're exploring ourselves through relationship, we don't want to explore the the person who shows up with the wrong person. Yeah. Right. Because then we're just going to be out of alignment and we're going to be uh, frustrated like you were talking about earlier
0: yeah I would completely agree I love I, and I love the distinction between the two because even as I'm a, a leader kind of for other people who have disabilities they ask me all the time they go what should I do should I put up a picture of my cane am I seeing eye dog should I not say anything about you know me being blind or whatever the case may be so I've often left them with answers that are kind of in the middle I'm like whatever you feel comfortable with Which is not, which is not necessarily sound advice, but like having the distinction between exploring ourselves, right, in the context of like the relationship with others versus like us exploring others in a place where we're not being our authentic selves, is so helpful and valuable. And I'm going to take what we talked about today and and share that with others, whether they have a disability or not, because exploring ourselves ourselves right like that continuing that exploration and showing up as our most authentic selves that is going to totally attract the right people that we want to be with and we can in most cases avoid the riffraff of you know there's going to be hurt feelings at some point there's going to be people that you meet you know that maybe it's not a good match but I really think this could be a, a powerful distinction for people
1: yeah, and I'm, I'm just really excited to share that. Yeah, me too. Um, every single episode of the podcast brings me closer um, to uncovering my authentic self. And that's the exploration that I'm gifted with through relationships with people like yourselves and the other real life daters and experts that I bring onto the podcast is I didn't know any of this stuff before we chatted today.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped up. I feel like this was like a good like almost like when you go on a retreat and you come back like super fresh and jazzed up. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. I'm like, "Whoa, I have a new perspective. Um I have some great distinctions and I'm like totally ready to dive in and rock and roll." So, it's been such a great conversation. It's has been a conversation that I would like equate to a beautiful weekend retreat. So thank you.
1: (laughs) That's my pleasure. And thank you very much for spending the time with me. Um, I think it's time to ask myself, can I take my own advice? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, I've never believed that I, that I've shown up authentically online. And it's probably one of the reasons why I don't invest a whole lot of time there. Um, I've seen some great things there. And some not so great things there through myself. And I think it's time to really sit down and sift through my own authenticity as it comes to um, the way I do one thing is the way that I do everything. Mm, So if I'm trying to be authentic on the podcast, and that's not showing up in my online dating profile, well, then I need to look at that, exploring it through myself, through Mm -hmm. relationship with others
0: whoa that is huge because like for me as a speaker and a coach I I can go build my website I can go like build my Facebook page or my group or like all these things write a talk you know get on someone's podcast and show up as my authentic self but for some reason it's like going to my dating profile takes me like two weeks to figure out what to put in the bio which is like not a sign that I'm showing up necessarily as my if I can build a website in four hours I should be able to I should be able to throw up my dating profile and like be like showing up as my authentic self. And I, I love what you just said. The way I do one thing is the way I do everything. So I'm going to be taking that into my number three achiever mind.
1: (laughs) And you're going to ace it. If I have any, if I have any guesses about it. Totally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if your message resonates with somebody today, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, for sure. So obviously, as you guys may have noticed, voice notes are my absolute favorite. It would totally melt my heart, guy or girl or anyone. (laughs) If you sent me a voice note on Facebook or Instagram, it's just my name, Amber Kiera, K-I-E-R-R-A. And it would just like set my soul on fire. So totally send me a voice note. I would like love to hear your voice. Love to hear um, what you thought about any of this and just like connect with you.
1: That's awesome. So go ahead and quickly sh- uh, shout out those handles, um, both your website and your Instagram or Facebook handles.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you can go um, to my website, amberkiera.com or find me on Instagram at Amber Kiera, same place on Facebook. would totally love to hear your voice and connect with you.
1: Yeah, definitely encourage it guys. Amber's got some amazing inspirational stories that she's been sharing. You're a busy girl. Not going to lie. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm busy and having a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same here. Um, if there's one thing that we didn't get to today or that we briefly touched on that you want to expand on, what would that be?
0: Um, I think two things. If If you're in a spot where you're like ready to make a kind of like a next big leap or big step in your life, um, I do have a Facebook group where I cheer people on. If you guys haven't noticed, I'm like grade A cheerleader. number three achiever, helper, cheerleader. Um, so we'd just love to have you guys a part, as a part of that. We set weekly goals, and I cheer you on to victory and to whatever you're up to. Um, and so that's right there on my Facebook page. And if you'd like to go deeper in coaching or anything that we've talked about here, um, you could totally book a, a connection call with me. would just love to hear what's on your heart and find out how I can support you in that. But Otherwise, voice notes galore. Just love to connect and hear from people.
1: Awesome. I really appreciate you, Amber. I know your t- time is valuable, so I'll let you get back to a day full of Zoom calls and <laughs> uh, live videos on Facebook. But what do you say in the next little while we catch back up and see, um, see how that dating profile turned out or <laughs> uh, who has gravitated to you in your life since our conversation today?
0: That would be actually really amazing. And um, I'm processing that, of course, as the achiever, like, okay, now I really should take these things into consideration. So would love it um, just to check back in to see how things were going. That would be fantastic.
1: Awesome. Uh, Let's do that as soon as we possibly can. Stay healthy, stay safe where you're at. And I'll talk to you soon.
0: Cool. Thank you so much.